welcome to the Hold Nothing Back podcast. My mission with every episode is to relay information on training, nutrition, and mindset that I wish that I had when I first started my own fitness journey. If you do like the podcast, don't forget to leave a review and let me know on the Hold Nothing Back Instagram. Without further ado, let's get into it. Hello, everyone, and thank you for coming back to the Whole Nothing Back podcast. So today I'm going to be talking about my first love, which is training rather than nutrition. I feel like I've talked a lot about mindset, a lot about nutrition, but I haven't even really gone into a deep dive on what really goes into me creating a training program for a client. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of coaches out there today, they do more of the nutrition side of things. They read lab work. But I haven't heard a lot of coaches really talk about training. So I'm really excited about this today. Um, And I think that it's going to give you a great idea on how to create your own training program. Or maybe you'll just learn about my own methods. And then, of course, if you wanted to sign up for coaching, let me know. Um, But so the first thing that I wanted to touch on regarding this topic is, you know, what are your goals? I think that's the first thing that we have to tackle before we get into creating any type of training program. Um, So by goals, I mean, you know, just a wide, a broad sense of just strength versus hypertrophy. So strength is going to be obviously getting stronger in the gym and hypertrophy is going to be more of for aesthetic purposes, for bodybuilding, growing the muscle because strength and growing the muscle doesn't always correlate. Um, and you know, for those that don't know, a strength plan would be mostly like one to six rep range. And then hypertrophy would be more of an eight to 12, eight to 20 rep range. Um, and, you know, speaking of that, it is very interesting. Just a, a point that I want to throw in really quickly is um, there's actually a study just done going over, you know, you can actually go, oh, I should have looked it up, but you can actually go as little as like 30% of your one rep max and you can still gain muscle. You just have to make sure that you're taking that to almost failure. So just wanted to throw that in there. Really cool that you can train hypertrophy at super low weights um, and then strength in order to get stronger. It's a totally different ball game. But with that being said, you want to pick one of those goals. Um, and so, you know, with if you were to pick a strength-based goal, that's where you may want to periodize your training. Now, if you are a beginner, and I will get into this a little bit further down the line of this podcast, but if you're a beginner, I wouldn't necessarily periodize your training. I would just want you to learn how to squat, deadlift, and bench first. Um, but if you're someone who is advanced, there is research showing that periodization is actually going to be helpful for strength gains, not so much hypertrophy, um, but strength gains definitely will see a difference. So what is periodization? So opposed to a program, a program is going to be just like a week of workouts. So anyone can really prescribe you a program. This is what I used to do when I didn't know anything. And, uh, I sell like, I sold like booty guides and whatever, And so I didn't really have a big picture to the training. It was kind of like, do this workout this week, and then next week you're going to do this workout. There was no real rhyme or reason to anything. Now, periodization kind of plans out your whole year in advance um, or about a year. So, you know, the macro cycle is what they call it. There's macro, meso, and micro cycle. A macro cycle is going to be the really big picture of, say, maybe like a whole year of preparation leading up to a meet. Um, And then a meso cycle is going to be a smaller part of that. um, And that's a block within that season. So that could be an endurance phase, a strength phase, a recovery phase. um, And then from there, you can even break it down further into a microcycle. And a microcycle is going to be a week within that mesocycle and that mesocycle, again, in the microcycle. 
And so there's a couple different ways that we can go ahead and plan this out. So we can either use linear periodization, which is just the gradual progression model that, you know, slowly increases volume and intensity over time throughout a mesocycle. Um, and that's where you would want to accomplish this by increasing the load, volume, or intensity variables every one to four weeks, allowing your body to adapt um, in a consistent and safe manner. Um, so linear periodization is more of like a wide picture um, opposed to undulating periodization. Um, and that can be daily or weekly undulating periodization, but daily would refer to, you know, using different loads and reps and sets in a training program on different days of the week. So it breaks down things down even further. Now there's a couple of, oh, and there's also block periodization. Again, um, it's probably like in the middle of those two. And now I'm not going to get too much into depth on this because I'm, I'm not a strength expert, but I kind of just want to give you an idea of what that would look like and how there's many, many different ways that you can go ahead and periodize your program, but it definitely takes some effort from your coach. And that's where, you know, I, I've helped beginners in the past with periodization, but if you're someone who's a power lifter, it's a definitely a good idea to seek out a powerlifting coach for that because um, bodybuilding is totally a different beast. Um, and so, you know, speaking of, so bodybuilding or hypertrophy-based training um, shows that there's actually no evidence showing that periodization is better. It's actually the same as if you were to just go in and do a typical program like I was just talking about before. Um, and actually, one thing really quickly that I didn't get to mention with the, um, the strength training is that, you know, more experienced lifters can actually benefit from a higher frequency. Um, for example, like if you were to do, um, I got to think about this. <laughs> so if you were to do, instead of doing like two, um, leg days a week, you could maybe do three leg days a week, or let's say two leg days a week where you're doing, um, six sets per leg day. And then you can break that down into three leg days a week when you're doing like two sets or three sets per leg day. Um, and that's where someone who is more experienced would benefit from that. But again, now hypertrophy is going to be a lot more simple. Um, you don't have to be so specific in the way that you do things, especially if you're a beginner. Um, and what I actually like to do with my hypertrophy-based clients is I like to just give them a program for three to five weeks. It's going to be the same thing, absolutely no changes unless they're having an issue, which I will get you know into further down the line on this podcast. But so it'll stay the same for three to five weeks. And the reason why we do this is because I want that person to get really, really good at that exercise. And I want them to feel like they mastered that exercise. Because the first time you do a new exercise, it's probably not going to be that effective. And you're probably going to look a little funky doing it. So I want them to get really good at it so that it becomes more efficient, more effective, and we're able to track their progress. Again, if you're just, say you, you're doing a leg press one week and then we go ahead and do a squat the next week and then we go ahead and do a box squat the next week, well, you're not gonna be able to really track your progress because each time you're doing that exercise, you're gonna have to get good at it again. You're not gonna be able to get stronger in it if you're always changing up the workout. Not only that, but you're using different, you know, it, it may seem like a squat and a leg press is really similar, but you're really using different muscles. So your muscles aren't going to get a chance to adapt and to get stronger at that exercise if you're always changing it. Um, you know, a little caveat there is, you know, that's why it's hard when so many people are posting uh, their workouts, like swipe workouts on Instagram. And yes, they're great if you need an idea for a workout, but you don't want to be changing up your workout 
all the time because you're not going to be able to see progress, especially if you're a beginner. Now, if you are someone who's more advanced, I would like to say that, you know, with my upper body training, I've kind of done every single exercise under the sun and I know how to do it. I've had a lot of help, a lot of coaching with it. Um, so I can go ahead and switch up things here and there, but you know, even with my leg training and my glute training, I just had these staple exercises that work really freaking well for my body and I just don't want to change it. And I don't, I don't really have to change anything. Um, I will change some accessories here or there, but I always keep my main compound lifts the same so that I know I'm making progress because I know I'm getting stronger on them every single week. Um, and that can be either like, you know, a hack squat, um, a hip thrust, uh, a deadlift, um, anything that's easy to progress in, that's something that you want to keep the same so that you know you're always making progress and you're always getting better at that lift. Now, something that I just kind of alluded to, um, but I didn't, you know, I said I was going to talk about is uh, just how long have they been training? So I actually have a mix of clients. I have some people that are really advanced, have been training for like two, three years. And I have some clients that just haven't even trained at all. And they're more just looking to be healthy and feel good. So that's going to play a huge role in, in what we really start them off with. And so for someone that's never lifted before, I don't want to even have them go to the gym. I want to start them with bodyweight workouts so that we can start with the basics. And from there, I'm going to have them send me videos to make sure that everything is looking great. Um, and then they can go ahead and start adding weight and going to the gym. Um, and, you know, I actually just onboarded two people uh, this past week who told me literally the same thing, how they started going to the gym and they ended up going with like friends or a trainer and they just totally disregarded the fact that um, they were beginners and that they've never really trained before. And so they just threw them into the workout and then the next day they were like, oh my God, I feel like my leg's going to fall off. <laughs> and like, it's like, obviously, you know, you can't just rush into things and that's where um, actually going back to the periodization of things with the strength training, um, or you may have heard of this as deloads, is that it's important to have things like microcycles that are introductory because you don't want to just throw yourself into a training program and then you're going to be so sore and you're going to be like, well, I don't want to feel sore and miserable all the time, so I'm just not going to train. Um, so the really important thing with this is to ease people into it and to give them workouts that they're going to feel good with, they feel accomplished, and that they're making progress, but not to where you know they're waking up sore every day, not able to get out of bed. Um, and so, you know, that would be for beginners and, you know, people that are more advanced, that's where we can use more advanced tactics like rest, pause sets, drop sets, things to increase intensity because they already have that foundation. Um, and, you know, actually a lot of time with these advanced people, I find that they think that their form is great, but actually they're having little problems like tweaks here and there, say like their knee or their back hurts. And that's where a lot of times I'll have them send me videos and I'll be like, Hey, I think that, you know, maybe your, your knee cave, we need to fix that. And I actually end up being able to help them. And that helps them progress even further with those more advanced people because they already have that foundation. Um, and that's actually another important point is, you know, someone can totally write you a program. They can write you a periodized plan. But if they're not addressing your form, that's a big problem. And I think that that is another thing that I see a gap in the industry with, especially with online fitness coaching is just people don't know how to help people um, perform the exercise properly. And that's where, you know, you see um, people wanting to bring up weak muscle groups. And it's like, yeah, you can probably do a, a ton of volume, um, but what are what's their form like on the, that exercise? And I think I mentioned this in a podcast previously, um, 
But something that I see done wrong all the time is back training and hamstring and glute training. Um, and it's because people just throw weight around and they don't understand that you have to, to do the workouts in a certain way. For example, a lat pull down. I see a lot of people just using their traps. And, you know, actually something that you can take away today is a wide grip lat pull down with the straight bar is not going to be as effective as a close grip lat pull down pulled down to the front of your body. Um, and that's just because of the anatomy of our lats. And that's something that you don't really see. And no one really tells you because a lot of the online fitness coaches are more into the nutrition and they don't have that training side of things. Um, but that is so important. So if you're, if you're lagging on your lats and someone tells you to do a wide grip lat pull down, well, maybe you should reevaluate and maybe that person should say, hey, let's address your form. Make sure your form is on point and let's do things that I know are going to target your lats and hit your lats. Um, you know, so that is something that's really, really important, um, especially, you know, with, like I said, addressing those weak spots. And actually someone that um, I'll just throw in a little case study here. Someone that I had onboarded um, a couple of weeks ago was wearing Converse and was having issues with knee pain. So I had him send me a video of him squatting and I actually saw that his his um, ankles were caving in ever so slightly and his foot was collapsing, creating a little bit of knee valgus or when your knees cave in a bit when you're squatting. So we decided to take the shoes off, go barefoot. We worked on strengthening his abductors and his knee pain actually went away. So that's why it's so important. Like before you go ahead and say that something's wrong or something's off or you, you know, going to a chiropractor or a physical therapist, make sure that you're addressing the movement patterns because that's usually the culprit of any injury, any lagging muscle part. Um, so, you know, definitely send videos to your coach. And if your coach can't help you with that, get someone that can help you with that because it is so important. And I'm kind of going on a rant right now, but you know, I even know physical therapists that, and you know, physical therapists are great, but like, I know some of them that aren't so great and they don't even address the, the movement pattern and they try and put a bandaid on the problem. But it's like, if you don't address the movement pattern, the problem's never going to be solved. It's just going to keep happening. So I don't know. I, that could be a whole podcast on just addressing weak spots and how people look over it, but I won't get into that too much today. Um, actually the next thing that I want to talk about is volume. This is very important. Volume, intensity are very important aspects of a training program. Um, and so we're going to talk about volume now. So there has been a couple different research articles, literature that I've read, and they all have a little bit different perspectives and the results that they gathered from the studies. But something I can tell you is a lot of them, there's a range between eight sets to 30 sets per muscle group per week. So that means that you know, you can make gains with doing as little as eight sets per week per muscle group and as much as 30 sets per week per muscle group. Um, so for example, that would be, you know, doing hamstring curls um, on leg day A for four sets and then hamstring curls on leg day B for four sets. And you'll still be able to see progress. Um, and so just know though, I think the, the reason why there's so much variety in this is course with anything it's going to depend on the individual um and you know of course if you're a novice lifter you're not going to be doing 30 sets per muscle group per week that's just like I said before you're going to be dying and you're going to be so sore now if you're more advanced that's maybe when you would want to take it to 30 sets per week and see how that goes now if your recovery starts to fail that's when you want to pull back again because everyone is different you have to kind of go ahead and see what works for you 
I know for me, I used to do like 40 sets per week and that was way too much. And that's where I started getting injured. But now I found a happy like medium between, you know, 10 to 20 sets per muscle group per week. And that's allowed me to take more rest days to recover better, to sleep better, but I'm also making progress in the gym. Um, and I think that that's something where a lot of novice lifters think that more is always better, but you have to make sure that you're meeting those recovery demands because recovery is what actually will grow and repair that muscle. So you have to make sure that that is a priority. Now opposed to, or not opposed, but, um, the three main things, um, that are going to be put into your training program are going to be the volume, frequency, and intensity. So we kind of touched on frequency. Frequency is, you know, like I said, it's going to be better to be more frequent if you're going for strength training and you're more advanced. Um, volume anywhere from eight to 30 sets per week, depending on your recovery and now intensity. So intensity in simple terms is just how difficult was the set? How much were you sweating? How much were you grunting? How much could you do more? How much did you have left in the tank? So, and actually this is probably something that you guys have heard before, um, which is the RPE scale or the rate of perceived exertion scale. Now, again, there's a difference between strength training and, um, you know, hypertrophy or bodybuilding training. Strength training, especially for people that are more advanced, is where you want to manipulate the RPE scale based on what training block you're on or what mesocycle you're on or microcycle. But with bodybuilding, it's a, it's a bit more easy. So I know a lot of people out there say that if you're not going to complete failure, if you're not like popping a vein in your face, then you're not going hard enough. I don't agree with this because I used to train like that and I was totally injured. Now, of course, my form wasn't the best, but I was injured almost, you know, it seemed like once I cleared one injury up, there was another. Um, and so that's where I, I'm definitely a proponent of going to just shy of failure. And there's actually literature, again, supporting that, you know, you don't have to go to complete failure. There's tons of studies that show that going, like leaving like a rep or two in the tank is actually just as fine as going to complete failure. And that's where, you know, I want people to push, but I don't want them to feel like they're going to throw up after every set and that their leg is going to snap. Um, and something else that you have to take into account with intensity is that beginners, as, as much as I'm a fan of not going to complete failure, beginners don't know what complete failure is. Um, unless there's someone that loves pain, <laughs> and I don't know, they're, they're not going to know what complete failure is. So that's when you can say, hey, take this to failure. And they're probably going to be at that threshold of, you know, the RPE eight or nine, where they still have one or two reps in the tank, which is totally fine. Um, yeah, so now we, we covered those big three. I think the last thing that I really wanted to talk about today is just exercise selection. Um, and notice how I didn't say this in the beginning of the podcast because a lot of people think that exer exercise selection is going to be number one, um, but it's actually not. Um, exercise selection is just kind of figuring out what workouts work best for you and just making sure that you're hitting those target muscle groups, um, those eight to, to 30 sets per week. As long as you have that covered, it's kind of just like what, what feels best for you. I know a lot of people, for example, they love sumo deadlifts for glutes. I hate sumo deadlifts for glutes. I just feel them in my low back. So I'm not going to do those. I know a lot of people don't like glute bridges and they'd rather do hip thrusts or vice versa. They don't like, you know, hip thrusts and they'd rather do glute bridges. So that's where it kind of depends on the person. Um, and with my clients, what I like to do is I like to have them send me videos of them training and then I will give them pointers if they need it. And then if those pointers don't help and they still don't really feel the exercise, I'll just go ahead and swap it out. 
Um, and that's where having a coach that's attentive or I, I hate that word. What is it? Attentive, attentive, attentive. I don't know. <laughs> I guys, I don't have a software to edit my podcast. So literally none of this is edited. Um, so yeah, so please don't make fun of me. But anyways, yeah, so exercise selection is going to de- depend on the person. Um, I wouldn't worry about it too much. That's going to be the last thing that you want to really focus on as long as you have all the other aspects in check. Um, okay, I think, I think I pretty much covered everything I wanted to on just the basics of creating a program. But, you know, if you guys have questions, definitely let me know on my Instagram. Um, if you love this podcast, please leave a review and definitely tag your Instagram handle because, again, once I get to 50 reviews, I will be doing a giveaway of a free month of coaching, um, which I never do. So definitely take advantage of that. Um, but yeah, so that's all I have for today. Thank you guys so much for listening and I will see you next Wednesday. If you did enjoy this episode, make sure to leave a review and share to social media. And if you are interested in hiring me as your coach, head to www.holdnothingback.net to apply.